Hey, SCF Student Ministries, this is Devin, bringing you week two of our Lost and Found uh, series that we're going through. Um, So I'm going to start this off with, have you ever seen a weird Lost and Found section? I remember seeing these at school um, when I was in high school and at uh, uh, George Fox when I was in college. Uh, Our track team always had a Lost and Found after we went on this California trip every year. Um, And I remember you could find just sometimes you just find the weirdest things that somehow like some people would forget like one shoe like how do you lose one shoe um but i mean there's there's tons of reasons why we lose things right like we wonder why how something like that gets lost but like sometimes we're just being careless we get distracted sometimes um so some things stay in the lost and found for a long time though right it's not something like if you were missing a shoe eventually you would you would notice that right there's some things that spend a long time in there they collect dust and that's because those cheap sunglasses just aren't worth the effort of their owner trying to find them right something that might not be worth it to to us to go look for uh sometimes we lose things and don't bother to find them because the the things we lost are basically trash right to us there's not enough value there for us to keep them um but i mean hey have you ever heard the phrase one man's trash is another man's treasure um I think that's something that we use all the time, right? Uh, so whether something is trash or treasure is often just a matter of perspective, right? Um, what might be treasure to one person, someone else could have absolutely zero interest in. Uh, it just depends. Uh, whether or not something is valuable is largely a matter of opinion. And you and I can see the exact same item, uh, maybe some abandoned sunglasses in a random lost and found box, but that value that that same item for that same item is completely different for both of us. So I don't know if you can relate to this, but I've had moments when I felt a little bit like those abandoned what item, abandoned sunglasses, whatever it might be. I've wondered how much I actually matter to others or to God. And even worse, I've treated other people as if they were disposable and not worth my time or attention. So this is what I'm wondering. Just how valuable am I? How valuable are you? And what determines our value? Is it something that we can calculate? Like, I mean, if I start looking at myself, if I was assigning stuff for like my clothes, I might sign $100 for the clothes that I'm wearing right now. Um, I might be able and uh, you can assign those tangible things like my guitar. I can assign a tangible value to the guitars that I own or the tools that I own, whatever might be my TV. Um, I can assign value to those things that I own um, that are part of me. Um, but when we, what about when we start getting to things like, um, for me, I was an athlete, so how do I uh, assign value to, to myself as an athlete, my athletic ability? What is that worth? Um, and then what if I need to subtract points for like how forgetful I can be when I someone tells me a name and it goes one in, in one ear and out the other? Um, do I need to subtract value for that or uh, subtract value for the fact that I can't sing or whatever it might be? Um, so you can do all that and you can assign a value to it. And at the end, you get uh, a number, right? That's it. Of course not. That's not how this works. The, the This calculation does not re- represent my value at all. But we often treat ourselves and others this way, don't we? We assign value to ourselves and others based on our possessions our abilities, or our characteristics. Um, 
We usually calculate value without really thinking about it. We all have preferences, biases, and experiences that shape our opinions on what we think is valuable. And that's why we have to think critically about how we define valuable because it impacts how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. Uh, so throughout this series, we're looking at one chapter of the Bible. Um, this chapter recounts a series of stories that Jesus once told about things that were lost and then found. And each story communicates a different and important truth. These stories aren't historical stories. They're, they're all parables, stories Jesus made up and told in order to teach an important truth. Uh, we explored the first of these last week, uh, but in order for this next story to make sense, we have to remember who Jesus was, walk, was talking to and why he was telling these stories. So let's recap a little bit. Jesus told these stories to the Pharisees. These were religious leaders who were super focused on following hundreds of religious laws in order to please God. And these laws were important um, and weren't inherently bad, right? In fact, they were given by God originally to help God's people stay uh, healthy, safe, and close to God. But Jesus said that the Pharisees had gotten things wrong. That because the Pharisees believed following these religious laws exactly could make someone more good, holy, and valuable to God, they became arrogant, self-righteous, and dismissive of people who they believed were sinful. So the Pharisees often attacked Jesus because uh, he spent time with people the Pharisees did not believe were valuable. They were angry at the way Jesus cared for people who they considered to be sinners. So Jesus told this series of stories to help the Pharisees see how wrong they were about themselves, others, and God. First, Jesus told a story about a lost sheep to show the Pharisees God isn't angry or judgmental when we wander away. Instead, God finds us and carries us lovingly back to safety. So now we're going to look at the second story, which is Luke chapter 15, um, and it's verses 8 through 10. It's the parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So the woman in the story had 10 coins and lost one. And you might be thinking, so what? She still has nine more. What's the big deal here? But for this woman, one silver coin was worth a full day's work. The loss of this coin would have had a huge impact. It's a waste of a day for someone like that. That explains what happened after she found her lost coin. She celebrated. And if you remember, there were a few celebrations mentioned in the last story too that we talked about last week. If we're counting... The amount of celebrations so far in these parables were up to three. The shepherd rejoiced when he found his lost sheep. The whole community rejoiced when the shepherd found his lost sheep. And the woman rejoiced when she found her lost coin. And here's another thing these parables have in common. At the end of both parables, Jesus says there's a huge party in heaven anytime someone lost gets found by God. So when, when someone meets Jesus for the first time, heaven rejoices. And when someone who knows... Uh, when someone who knows Jesus but wandered away finally comes back, heaven rejoices then too. These parables, of course, have a point. They teach us something important about who God is and what God wants us to do. In this parable, we learn that when we're lost and wandering far from God, God values us enough to tear the whole house apart looking for us. And it's great to know God values you, but the main takeaway of this parable wasn't to tell the Pharisees how much God valued them, although that was true. Uh, Jesus' point was that God values everyone, even the people they overlooked, dismissed, and judged because the Pharisees didn't think they were holy enough. 
Because the Pharisees were judgmental toward people they considered sinners, Jesus needed them to understand that God deeply loved the people who didn't matter uh, to them. The Pharisees were convinced these sinners were less valuable to God and therefore to them because they weren't as pure or righteous as the Pharisees were. And although the Pharisees knew the Jewish scriptures very well, maybe they forgot about this specific one we're about to read, which if you are following along, it's in Psalms uh, chapter 103 uh, verses 8 through 13. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So the Pharisees were judgmental, self-righteous, and condemning to others, and they believed that's how God would want them to be. But unlike the Pharisees, this psalm tells us God is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, overflowing with love, forgiving, and compassionate. Jesus knew the Pharisees needed this reminder, but I think he knew the Pharisees weren't alone. Because you and I need that reminder as well. Like that woman in her lost coin, Jesus values you. And he also values the people you struggle to value. So what about you? How is this parable challenging you today? How do you need to adjust your understanding of what's valuable? And how do you need to change your behavior to better value others? Do you need to let God find you? Just like the woman in today's story, God is relentlessly chasing after us when we wander away from Jesus. And if you've never gotten to know Jesus or you've wandered uh, away from him, maybe today's the day you decide you'd like to be found again. Uh, if that's you, maybe your next step today can be to tell God what you're turning away from so you can follow Jesus more fully. Do you ever feel worthless? Do you question your worth? Do you think you've been calculating your value based on the wrong things? And did you really need to hear how much God values you today? If so, maybe your next step today can be to ask God and the people you trust to help you see your value through Jesus' eyes. And lastly, do you treat others like they're worthless? Remember, Jesus told the story to the Pharisees specifically. Although the story does show us how much you and I are valued by God, Jesus had a bigger purpose to convict us when we're treated or when we're treated others with less value than they deserve. So who who have you been viewing or treating as though they're less valuable than they really are? Is there people that you dislike? Uh, who have you been judging? Who have you been overlooking? Or who have you labeled as a sinner? If you can name someone you've been devaluing, maybe your next step today can be to do something that shows them and you that they truly are valuable. Jesus values you and Jesus values the people you struggle to value. I guess you could say these two truths are two sides of the same coin. So on one side of the coin, um, it'll say, Jesus values me. There are going to be times when you doubt your own value, either because of something you did or because of something you think you are. And when those moments come, I need you to remember that even when you feel worthless, Jesus values you. You are God's beloved child, and that's enough. You don't have to do or be anything else to be loved by God. Jesus values you so much, in fact, that he'll never stop helping you feel found. And when you let him find you, 
you'll never stop celebrating that you're not lost anymore. Now I want you to think about the person or people who are difficult for you to value. So on the other side of that coin, it says uh, Jesus values them. You, you know how much you need to know that you're valued. You val- the ability to help others know that they're, they're that valuable too. You have that ability. At the very least, you have the ability to help others not question whether or not they matter because of the way you treat them. When you find yourself devaluing someone, I hope that you'll remember this truth Jesus shared with the Pharisees, that the people we dismiss are the people Jesus values so much that he'll never stop searching for them. You haven't done anything to earn God's love, but you are loved. Now let that love change you so deeply that you begin to value others like God values you. Like that woman in our lost coin, Jesus values you so much more than you know. Thanks, everyone. I hope to see you uh, tonight at youth group in person. Uh, If not, I'll see you next week.